Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode 22. We're calling this one Happy Living. You know, today I want to talk to you a little bit about how joy isn't just a happy thought. It is a way of life. And so the last couple of episodes that we have done really talk about how to get other things out of the way so that joy can come in. Joy kind of becomes a default response when we take action and live as who we say we want to be, clear our consciences before God, go ahead and do the thing. That sets us up to be able to have joy roll in. But there's this other piece that I want to talk about today that sometimes is required to cause us to have joy every single day and live in a state of happiness and enjoying life. I think we talk about in a, in spiritual terms, how joy is something that's deeper than happiness. Happiness is circumstantial and like, Oh, I got a present and joy is much deeper. And that is true. But I, also think that joy encompasses being able to be happy genuinely. Yeah, how do we do that? Well, sometimes our circumstances set us off into patterns and we kind of get stuck in these patterns of discouragement or worry or anxiety and joy or even even working towards it being a happiness that we feel every day can feel elusive. So how do we get that happiness that comes in? Well, let me encourage you that this is a skill. It's a skill. It's a habit. It's a practice. So just like maybe you have a child that goes out there on the soccer field and can't get the ball, kick the ball in a straight line to save their life. They do it over and over again, and then all of a sudden they're able to. Joy can work that way as well in your life. Isn't that an encouraging thought that it's not just about something that will eventually happen or not happen to you at random based on your circumstances, but this is a skill you can cultivate because our brains get used to certain patterns of thought. They... Let's think about some of the patterns you have. So, for instance, Christmas is right around the corner, and you probably have certain pictures that come to mind around the holidays. Depending on your circumstances, they might be happy pictures, or they might be full of grief. Maybe a loved one has died during the holidays, or you spent a long time in the hospital with a loved one during the holiday season, or... Perhaps when you think of Christmas, the first thing that pops into mind is when you were young and getting presents or 
Maybe you have a picture of your family all sitting around a dinner table. Whatever that picture is, usually we each have a picture that pops up. The very first thing that we think of when we think of Christmas, that picture pops into your mind. Another pattern that's easy to see is in stories. So for instance, my mother-in-law has kind of a set of stories that she likes to tell about my husband, Brandon, when he was younger. Every time we get together, there's always, we can, we can just about guarantee that one, that this set of five or six stories, probably three or four of them will get mentioned. There's a pattern of remembering who he was. And when I think about my kids when they were little, I was just talking to my son the other night and then realizing every time I think about when they were little, I have a specific picture in my mind. I picture Jonathan on his third birthday with a little wiffle ball and bat set and having the time of his life out in the grass. I picture James lounging in a puddle with his little red jacket on. That's what I think of when I think of James as being little. I think of Jefferson sitting in paint, even though I wasn't there for that event. It was such a big deal. That's the one that I think of. I think of Rachel and her little cupcakes that she had when she was two years old. When Joseph was a baby, my first inclination is to remember that he was sat on by his brother. And so poor Joseph, the picture that I think of in my mind is of James sitting on top of him. And then I think of Renna screaming in the middle of the night because she woke up for oh, years in the middle of the night from night terrors. And so one of the pictures I have is of, in my mind when I think of her as a baby or as a young toddler is sitting up in the crib with her pink and white blanket, screaming bloody murder, scaring the death out of me in the middle of the night. <laughs> Thankfully, she's not still doing that. But that is the picture that immediately comes to mind. And then Justin, I actually have this picture in my mind every time of him walking around half naked with his diaper um, part way off and a trail of duct tape hanging off behind him because he would always take his diaper off and we tried to putting it on backwards and putting his clothes on backwards and duct taping it. And there was no stopping that boy. He was going to have that thing off his body. And so somehow this picture cemented in my mind of him with this little trail of duct tape hanging out behind him. Those are patterns that my brain has. It's a way that every time I think of one of those children being young, my immediate reaction is to think of that picture. Now, I might think of other things after that, but that's the way my brain kind of sets the stage for thinking of them when they were a toddler. Our brains work the same way. They work in, it works in a pattern for other things in our life, too. So if we've had circumstances that were difficult around certain seasons of life, it is not unusual for our brains to jump right back into that pattern. If we have a habit of being concerned when a child or a loved one gets in the car to drive on a trip, our brain has a pattern of worry when we, when we say goodbye and tell them to have a good trip. We can have patterns of worship in church. 
you probably have a pattern when you sing in your church service of whether or not you stand up or you sit down and the opposite feels uncomfortable. Whether you raise your hands or you keep them by your side and the other feels uncomfortable. Whether you um, sway to the music or you stand very still, the other feels uncomfortable. We have these patterns that we get familiar with. And so the beauty of this is that it is possible to change these patterns. The hard part is that you have to change the pattern while it's still feeling uncomfortable before you are able to experience joy being something that happens kind of on its own or a little bit easier in your life. So today I'm just going to talk to you about some ways that you can break the patterns. It's going to take choosing at first, but if you're willing to dig in and choose over and over and over again, just like any other skill, as you continue to practice it, it will happen. It will begin to happen more easily and more naturally and sometimes without even you realizing that that's what you're doing. So one of the ways that you can practice this skill is to recognize that joy comes by taking a look at at a picture of the world from the perspective of how God might see things, the bigger picture. We get stuck on the little things, and I know you've heard this before. This is just a reminder and and a reminder that this is a skill to practice. We tend to look at the little picture of what didn't work out today, of how am I going to afford the things that I need to buy for this holiday season, of I don't know how to do all the shopping and get everything done that needs to happen and really stay sane. In fact, it's a real problem. But when we look at our situations from God's perspective, from the big picture, his story, it's a totally different perspective. In fact, it's so different that our current circumstances don't have to impact our ability to genuinely feel excited and encouraged about what's going on. It renders the current stories unimportant because when we look at this from God's perspective, we realize that it's all about showing love well. And sometimes that means going and getting presents. And sometimes it means showing love to our spouse by honoring the budget that we've set. Sometimes it means not getting a big gift, but writing a nice note because that's what we can afford. And that's okay. Sometimes it means taking a minute to clean the bathroom instead of do the fun thing. Or sometimes it means doing the fun thing instead of cleaning the bathroom. There's different ways that we show love to others. And when we look at our lives from his perspective, it's easier to see the ways that love becomes the priority, that truth and mercy and grace are the reigning characteristics to focus on. Now, that's one aspect that we can develop a skill around is seeing the big picture from God's point of view. You know, I think actually if we were able to see all of our circumstances from God's point of view, then even the difficult things that we're going through, we would choose them if we had all the information. We would choose to follow his plan and how he has it set up if we knew all the facts, 
And so we can rejoice in the things that come along because we know that he is still on the throne in control. And that brings joy. Another way that we can practice the skill of joy and cultivate it as a habit is to regularly consider the things that are pure, holy, just, virtuous, worthy of praise, and good report. These are all things found in Philippians, talking about what the whatsoever verse, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely. And not just thinking about them, but take a minute to actually feel them deep down inside your bones. In spite of fears, in spite of unknown, in spite of people being unkind around us, there are places where we can see God at work, where we can see his pureness, where we can see things that are lovely. I think about the event at our church the other night and they, we live in Georgia and they had us like a little snow spot and there was this snow blowing all over. My kids said it, it felt like mashed potatoes because it's got so much, um, whatever the thing is in it that causes it not to melt. Uh, it makes it so it doesn't actually feel like snow at all, but it was beautiful. And so I had a choice. I could focus on how disgusting that snow is after living in New Hampshire for 17 years and realizing that this is completely different, or I could focus on how much fun those kids were having, how beautiful it looked, how we were doing something together as a family and making memories. And I bet you that those children will talk about that mashed potato snow for years to come. It's a memory. However funny it is, it's a memory that we can take joy in. That's a way of focusing on what's lovely and worthy of praise Noticing the effort that your children go to, to do the thing that you've asked them to do, even if they don't get it quite right. Notice as they stay in a difficult conversation, even if they're struggling towards disobedience, they're willing to stay in the conversation. That's worthy of praise. They aren't checking out and walking away. It's a great example of a way that we can be joyous about the the strides that they're making in their own emotional battles. Thinking about what is pure, holy, just, worthy of praise and good reports and feeling it inside takes time. It takes practice. But as we do, we start to notice other things in our lives that are that way as well. And then finally, one of my favorite ways to experience joy that I think we tend to only do at sports events these days is to really celebrate using your body language. Think about if your team has won the World Series or the Super Bowl or something like that. Nobody thinks anything is off if people are jumping around and screaming at the top of their lungs and hollering, woohoo! And all of these kind of celebratory displays. But doesn't it look, don't, don't you feel awkward when you are thinking about something of God or a way that he's provided for you 
we don't dance to that. We don't jump up and down and scream and holler and yelp like it's a big celebratory thing. And yet, why not? We're hampering our joy. We're, ha- we're, we're hindering it and preventing it from being able to be fully present in our daily life. There's so many things that we can celebrate besides just a good sports game. I know sometimes people are really good at celebrating in worship, raising your hands, singing with all your might, and people can get into it that way. But there's so many other ways that we can also celebrate. When maybe you're taking a walk and you're listening to some fun music, it's okay to just stretch your arms out and twirl around. When you see beautiful snow or falling leaves, take time to skip and smile and feel the beauty of the world around you that God has made, that he's created. When you see your children do something in your home that maybe you didn't actually have to beg and plead them to do, it's okay to celebrate like you just won the World Series Oh my goodness, thank you so much for washing the dishes. This is amazing. I love you so much. Oh, you're such a help to our family, and this is wonderful. Why not? Why not practice? Well, it's because it feels weird and awkward. And probably, if I'm honest with you, your children are going to look at you like you're weird and awkward when you do it. But that's okay. You're training them. You're leading them by example that the everyday things in life are just as worthy of celebration as somebody hitting a home run and winning the last four points or a wedding or some sort of birthday party. Those are times when it's perfectly normal to celebrate. We can celebrate the everyday things. And as we practice celebrating the everyday things, we will notice that celebrating those things comes more easily as we continue going. So yes, be thankful and yes, be grateful, but let your physical body actually have a chance to feel like it. Smile, open your arms, sing at the top of your lungs, lift your eyes up and delight in the creator of the universe. Pause the busy and spend some time truly celebrating the Lord of our salvation, the goodness of God in your life, the blessings he has poured out on you, and all of the help that he brings. Even in the midst of trouble, we can celebrate that he is there with us. So my encouragement to you today is to choose one or two ways to practice celebrating on a regular basis. If you want to cultivate joy into your life so that your life feels happy on a regular basis, I'm here to tell you it's possible. It takes practice. It takes building a new habit and it will come in just like Eating three meals a day does because we've done it for so long and our bodies say, hey, hmm, my stomach is growling because it's noon. Therefore, it is time to eat. (laughs) So what one next thing are you going to do to take action on this concept of practicing joy so that you can have a happy life? I hope you're having a great holiday season. 
And if you want more assistance around this concept of cultivating joy and peace at the same time in your life, I have opened up some joy and peace makeover calls and you're going to want to grab one of those. You can go to maryaldrichcoaching.com slash apply and fill out the application for one of those calls. It's an hour long call with the goals in mind of creating a sense of clarity around the joy and peace you want to have in year 2020. We'll discover the number one thing stopping you from having that happiness that you're longing for. And at the end of the call, you'll be completely convinced and excited knowing exactly what to do in the coming year to create happy and contentment in your family life. So if those things sound really interesting to you, I encourage you to go to maryaldrichcoaching.com slash apply and fill out the form to, to jump on one of these calls. There's a limited number of them. And so you'll want to just jump on that as soon as you can. But I look forward to talking with you soon. Let's set ourselves up to really experience that joy in the coming year. All right. And if you're listening to this on the recording, all you have to do is just check on Mary Aldrich coaching slash apply. See if the application is still open. If it is, that means that the call is still available for you. All right. Hope you have a great week this coming week. It's Christmas and just am celebrating the love of Jesus with you today. Until next time, take care. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?